It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko, along with your co-host, James Rapine. It is Mock Draft Monday, meaning it's Monday as we record this episode that you may or may not be listening to on a Monday. But as is tradition on Mock Draft Monday, especially at this time of year, it's time to go through another round of a Mock Draft simulator. We're not going to do, James, what I did on PFF earlier today. I don't know if you saw it. I was tweeting about it. I did some mock drafts on PFF and I traded the fifth overall pick for Denver's first three rounds this year and their first and second round next year and their first and second round the year after that. And then I got on the clock at nine and somebody else wanted to come. I think I think it was the Patriots and I traded back a few spots with the Patriots and I did the same thing to the Patriots and I added, you know, (laughs) three first round picks for the next two years, three second round picks for the next years. We're not going to do that because that's insane, but we are going to go through a mock draft simulator before we get there. Frank Pollock had a press conference today. Talked a little bit about what he's going to be doing in Cincinnati, how he ended up back in Cincinnati. And we have some speculation over two things, really press Taylor, Zach Taylor's brother, the quarterbacks coach in Philadelphia, likely out of a job. Doug Peterson out in Philly. Likely that means his staff is gone with him, especially considering one of the reasons, one of the points of friction apparently between Peterson and the front office in Philadelphia was a promotion, the proposed promotion of Press Taylor to offensive coordinator and Joe Burrow back in Cincinnati. We can speculate about his health walking into the facility in shorts on Monday morning. Cold weather doesn't bother that knee apparently. And according to the internet doctors, like literally internet doctors, he's got good muscle tone and and he's got good gait without, you know, paying attention. He's walking in, looking at his phone. So for what little value that has, the the walk into Paul Brown Stadium, the three-second cliff we got, he looked good. He did. Number nine back, and it, it was good to see him. Here's the question. It isn't, you know, him returning and obviously rehab, and he's going to be working with Nick Cosgray, who Bengals players specifically CJ Uzama loves. But the thing that's really interesting to me, Jake, is that he's wearing shorts in 30-degree weather. So Joe Burrow either didn't want to let California go, which I totally understand. He was there for at least six weeks, maybe a little bit longer than that due to that, that knee reconstruction surgery, or he's much, much tougher than me because there's no way I'm wearing shorts in 30 degree weather. Yeah, I uh, I noticed that too. I said that. I mean the the knee not bothered by the cold. You take that. Let's talk Press Taylor though. Joe Burrow back in Cincinnati, that's great. He's going to do his thing. And we're going to talk about Joe Burrow whenever he's in the news, but Press Taylor could be somebody the Bengals look to hire. I mean it's Zach Taylor's brother. I feel like they've talked about coaching together. I'm sure they've talked about coaching together. 
and he's now likely available. Any number of positions could make sense for Press Taylor, and and they're minor positions, right? You're talking assistant quarterbacks coach, offensive quality control kind of thing, assistant, you know, video coach. I don't know, you know, that you can find a, a role for him if they wanted to bring him in. I don't really care one way or the other, quite frankly. And if you look at what quarterbacks did, what Carson Wentz did in Philly this year, it's not exactly uh, an endorsement for Press Taylor's work. But, I mean, it's another NFL coach that has some experience. He's tied very closely to his brother, Zach. Wouldn't be surprising, I think, is is the point that we want to make here if the Bengals find a capacity to bring him into the system, into the organization. And now that he's available, it's something that we have to watch for. There's no doubt you have to watch for it. And, and Jake, let me just throw it out there. The, the highest position they have available on offense right now with Frank Pollock filling that offensive line coaching position and filling the run game coordinator position is running backs coach. It's not Press Taylor's forte. That's not something he's done in the past. I wouldn't be shocked. I also wouldn't be shocked if he filled in as a assistant wide receivers coach behind Troy Walters, someone we talked about uh, in length on Monday's show. Uh, that hasn't officially been announced, by the way, but we assume – Walters will be the the wide receivers coach. It's reported all the way out there. So once they make that official, maybe you bring Press in just to be his assistant and, and help out any way you he can on, on that side of the ball. I think the running back's job would be kind of a stretch. You never know, I guess. But uh, the assistant wide receivers coach, that, that would be the job that I would keep my eye on. I could see that happening. Poor Press Taylor, right? I mean, talking with Doug Peterson out in Philly, they think Doug Peterson's going to keep his job. I mean, everybody, I think, in Philly thought Peterson was coming back until after week 17 and then things seemed to shift. And, you know, in, in the conversations, apparently in the front office, Peterson wants press Taylor to be his OC. And the next thing, you know, both of them looking for looking for work and maybe press Taylor sticks with Doug Peterson because Doug Peterson probably gets a job somewhere. I don't know if he's going to get a head coaching job or not, but maybe, maybe he sticks with them. Maybe not. Maybe he ends up in Cincinnati we know for sure, like you said, James, you talked a little bit about Walters. Frank Pollock is in Cincinnati. He had a press conference today. He talked about the, the wide zone scheme. Sounds like he's pretty familiar with it, going to continue to run it. He talked about you know running runs off of runs and, and the fact that you give them the same look or different looks and you have multiple plays off of that look or, or you try to dress up the outside zone, but really it's the same thing. Talks about the team effort, talks about it being all... 11 guys on the offense making it work, even including the quarterback. Uh, the quarterback's job on those plays really just handing the ball off, but that important to Frank Pollock in, in, as a run game coordinator. So talked a little bit about that, talked about what he's looking for in potential linemen, talked about, you know, they have to get better, talked about some changes that might come along and not many specifics. Doesn't sound like he's really evaluated things too hard yet. Talked about self-scouting though. And that is what we get to look forward to with Frank Pollock in the immediate future. I like Frank Pollock for a variety of reasons. Uh, the main one, I think he's direct. He he, he said, and clo- cover your ears if you don't want your, your kids to hear this. He said shit in his press conference. So I, I And I don't think he did it intentionally to show people that he's this hard-ass coach. But I think that's how he is. He's going to be direct. He's going to tell you how it, how it is. And he's going to be honest. He's not going to play favorites and he understands what it's like on the other side of the ball and, you know, being a player 
understands that aspect of things. And, and that's why I'm really surprised the Bengals were able to land him at this stage of, of the offseason. You're talking about now with the Eagles job being open, seven head coaching vacancies that haven't been filled. filled. So that's at least seven offensive line jobs that could potentially be up for grabs, plus maybe a couple others across the league. And the Bengals were able to land him. And I think he certainly would have got one of them. And I was impressed with him. Not that he had to say much and not that he did say a ton on Monday, but I was impressed with him. And I think he's just such a clear upgrade. And that says as much about Jim Turner as anything, but a clear upgrade in that room and and should really help matters and should help things. He also talked about his connection with Bill Callahan, of course. He was asked, you know, what did you learn from Callahan? He says he still talks to his mentors, still leans on those as resources. And that was something I was curious about, James. I sent you my my long-winded question before the press conference, and Charlie asked the question for us. Uh, so, you know, uh, it, it's going back to that Bill Callahan tree. Last note here, James, in the open before we dive into our simulated mock draft for Mock Draft Monday. I was talking about Joe Tooney on Twitter the other day and somebody in my replies goes, yeah, I would take the Tooney deal. I think being an Ohio guy and having a good quarterback gives us a shot to get him. And guess who liked that tweet, James? Joe Tooney. Joe Tooney's sister. Dum, dum, dum. No, I I think, um, and I've heard that. I've heard a couple people say, oh, well, Joe would love to, to come back and, or, you know, come to Ohio and, and play for the Bengals. And, Here's the thing. I do want fans to have a higher self-esteem. Of course. Like these guys we're talking about, I think the Bengals could get them. They're just probably going to have to pay top dollar, which is usually the case for any veteran player that's looking for that big deal. Right? That's why the Patriots didn't extend Tooney. It wasn't because he's not a great player. It's not because they, they don't like him or something like that. It's because he wants big money. And if the Bengals offer him big money, I think they got a good shot to get him. Mock draft Monday. Coming up next, with or without Joe Tooney, let's get into some simulating, James. I don't know how many people saw Pittsburgh losing in spectacular fashion, by the way, to the Cleveland Browns on Sunday night in the wild card round, but we've got the odds for the next round in the AFC. And the Browns, they pulled off one upset. They have longer odds against the Kansas City Chiefs. And if you agree with Chase Claypool that Cleveland is going to get smacked by the Kansas City Chiefs, you might want to go put your money where your mouth is over at betonline.ag, the online sportsbook that we trust here on the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Cleveland Browns opened at eight-point underdogs. The over-under for that game is 54.5 points, so pretty high point expectation. If you're interested in getting in on the action for any of these potential bets, Head on over to betonline.ag right now. They're going to match your initial deposit with a 50% welcome bonus if you use promo code LOCKEDON when you sign up. Again, check them out at betonline.ag, that promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. James, we are representing the Cincinnati Bengals, and we are on the clock in this week's edition of the Mock Draft Simulator over at thedraftnetwork.com. The first four picks, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, and Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons going third overall to the Miami Dolphins, and I guess Brian Flores really wanted a linebacker here. And somehow has picked one at number three and, and not any disrespect intended for Micah Parsons, but uh, you know how I feel about taking a linebacker at three. So the Bengals then have their pick. They get to make the choice. Penny Sewell, Jamar Chase. And that honestly is a harder decision than I think it might have appeared to be a few weeks ago, a month ago when it was all Sewell or bust at number three, when they would have had that choice. Now that it's a few months later, I find myself a little conflicted here. What about you? There's no doubt about it because I think there could be a really good case, Jake, that when you talk about upgrading this team, Jamar Chase might do that. Now that is contingent upon, and again, I say that and people are probably rolling their eyes and they can't believe it. But but the, the, the problem here is we don't know what the Bengals are going to do in free agency. So if they've added a Trent Williams, a Taylor Moten, if they've added a, a, a stud tackle like that, that's not saying they can't draft Penny Sewell, right? But, but now it, it might not be their biggest need. And so then you're looking at the prospects, which one's higher on the board? And it wouldn't shock me at all if either one of these guys, Sewell or Chase, goes top three. You know, maybe three to Miami, maybe two to, to the Jets. You're telling me Chase can't go to the New York Jets second overall? That might end up happening. Same thing with Sewell in either of those spots. So th- that's the the thing here is, is what do the Bengals need? If tackle's clearly still their biggest need, then Sewell still could be that no-brainer. At the same time, if you look at their current roster and they've added a tackle and they've added a guard – and and they feel much better about the state of their offensive line, there is a legitimate debate between Jamar Chase and Penny Sewell in who's the better overall prospect. Not necessarily need-based, but again, who's the best prospect? And if the Bengals are ultimately going to go best player available at five, then there's a real debate there. Yeah, and, and then there's the whole positional value aspect of things. There's age considerations, although for both of these players, it's going to be very similar But you're right. It's going to come down to what do the Bengals do in free agency? Do they go get Joe Tooney like his sister wants? His sister wants him to come back to Ohio. Maybe they go get Joe Tooney. They address guard. Still need a tackle, but you've made one move on the offensive line. Maybe you feel better then about rolling the dice and seeing who you can get with your second round pick at that position. And you just take the guy that you think is the premier prospect. And that's what it would have to be for Jamar Chase. On the other side of things, Maybe they go get a Curtis Samuel type player. And I feel like we've had this discussion, a Curtis Samuel type wide receiver. And now if you were to draft Jamar Chase here, it it gets hard to find snaps for all the wide receivers that you want to get snaps for. And that is the case because if you have Curtis Samuel, T 
Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. If all three are healthy, you want all three of those guys on the field as much as possible. You add Jamar Chase into the mix, you also want him on the field as much as possible. And, and then something gives, right? You, you probably lose snaps from the free agent wide receiver you signed at that point. Even, even more so the case if they go get a guy like Kenny Galladay or Allen Robinson, like a true number one. Mm-hmm. If, if those are the signings, then it's Penny Sewell you're not thinking about it. If they go get Taylor Moten, again, this, these are moves that would be surprising, I think. Then I, I don't think you're really even considering using your, your premium draft capital at wide receiver at that point because you've invested so much elsewhere in the offensive line. And, and so that will be the balancing act for the Bengals. For, the, for this, James, let's go. Last week we took Sewell. This week the debate is essentially Chase against Sewell, but I guess it's worth mentioning here the other guys available at this spot, Patrick Sertain, who plays you know in a few hours as we record in the national championship game, does it all. He's a corner that Nick Saban trusts. Generally, when Nick Saban trusts a corner, NFL teams should trust that corner. Sertain should be the best corner in this class. But there's an argument there, too, with Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech, who didn't play this year. Quiddy Paye from Michigan, the edge rusher, has vaulted up boards. He's number eight on the Draft Network's board. There's also Kyle Pitts. There's also Jalen Waddell. There's also Devonta Smith. There's also potentially Rashawn Slater, who a lot of people say is the second best tackle in the class. I don't know if I've seen anybody lately say he's better than Sewell, but there are other players here that you could consider if if they happen to put themselves into a corner at corner and they suddenly have a <laughs> dire need at that position. Well, maybe it ends up being certain. And yeah, you could certainly see that. I, I think the the top prospects, and I'm not going to, and this is as of now, and I could certainly change my mind here, but for the Bengals, Sewell, Chase, Sertain, Waddle, Smith. Those are the ones that stand out. Pitts is right there too. Those are the ones that kind of stand out. And I'm skipping over a couple guys, Paye, uh, Farley, I, I skipped over. And, and so we'll see, but those are the ones. But I think without a doubt, Chase, based on age, potential need, Sewell, same thing. I, I hope that they don't just let William Jackson the third walk because that's really the only way I, I could make the case that certains the you know the biggest need on the board and the best player for based on need. So yeah, I, I think we do come back to Sewell or Chase. And since we did Sewell last week, let's go the wide receiver route this week and reunite Burrow with his number one target with the Tigers. Yeah, and, and Jamar Chase is the guy that does it all, right? If if the Bengals pick Jamar Chase and Penny Sewell is still there. A lot of Bengals fans are probably going to be really upset, and they're going to say they're going for the the shiny toys instead of the meat and potatoes that makes the team. And they might be right, but Jamar Chase is a guy that can literally win at every level of the defense. He wins despite being six foot, two hundred pounds, a build very similar to like Stephon Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins, a couple of guys that I'm playing around with his comps, although I think he's closer to Diggs. Extremely young, dominating the SEC at 19 years old last year. Obviously, like I said, he wins at all levels of the field. He can win vertically. He can win physically. He can win in contested catch situations. He has an extremely polished release toolkit. He's going to be able to beat press man at a prolific level. There's an argument over at PFF. In PFF's mock today, James, they said if, if the Bengals are choosing between Chase and Sewell, they should choose Chase. And I think that that is an argument that will go on for some time. But again, for, for the sake of today doing something a little bit different, seeing where it would put the Bengals potentially in the second round, let's go chase first round and see where we end up in the second round coming up next.
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. There's nothing worse than not having reliable transportation or overpaying to make sure that your car is staying on the road. We talk about it all the time here on Locked on Bengals. RockAuto.com is the number one spot to get all of your car parts, auto parts, any of your needs. You can do it safely without going into a store. Browse in your fuzzy slippers from the comfort of your own home at RockAuto.com. I've used them. You should, too. They're a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for more than two decades and the best part about them, they're going to have the part you're looking for for the make and model of your vehicle. It doesn't matter if you drive a Daewoo, a Kia, a Hyundai, a Corvette, Corvette, shout out Juju. It doesn't matter because they're going to have that for you at rockauto.com. Check out all the parts that they have right now. Go to rockauto.com, see what they have, what they can do for you, and be sure to write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Mock Draft Monday rolls on here on the Locked On Bengals podcast. And Jake, we are on the clock, 37th overall. We already have Jamar Chase in our back pocket with the fifth pick. Penny Soul, for those wondering, went eighth overall so there has been a run on tackles after that but uh, he went to carolina so he's going to be blocking for christian mccaffrey and company in carolina but jake uh some top options uh, on the interior of the offensive line not many tackles available right now also some corners maybe a wide receiver but they've already addressed that your thoughts right now on what's available and what's standing out to you what stands out is the run on tackles in in the first round and I think this is something that we could expect Penny Sewell obviously going in the first round I think Rashawn Slater Sam Cosme Christian Derrissaw all surefire round one prospects right now and obviously that can change with the combine and things but in this particular instance of mock draft Monday Liam Eichenberg the Notre Dame tackle who I have as a fringe first second rounder right now goes 25th to the Jacksonville Jaguars Alex Leatherwood who I kind of thought would be there in the second round, given the year he's had, goes 31st overall to Green Bay. Elijah Vera Tucker, an interior offensive lineman for USC, who some actually project as a tackle in the NFL, goes 32nd to Kansas City. And that leaves the options at tackle very sparse at this point. So to our scenario in the first round, this hopefully means that the Bengals have spent some money at tackle in the offseason and we feel better about that position going in to the 2021 season. Either they've made a trade or they spent some money, right? Because if you're looking tackle here, the best tackle available on the Draft Network's board is Jalen Mayfield from Michigan. He, I think, is actually likely to go back for another year. We'll see where he lands. I'm not currently counting on Jalen Mayfield coming out. And even if he does, I think that he's going to need a little bit of time. And then there's North Dakota State's Dylan Raddins, 
and Oklahoma State's Tevin Jenkins. Those are guys that I think are second round prospects, but they're not guys that I feel great about at the top of the second round. There's also Jackson Carmen from Clemson. If you're into Clemson offensive linemen, but as you said, James, the, the premier or, or best available guys, according to the draft networks board at this point are the interior linemen Creed Humphrey, the center from Oklahoma you can probably play all three interior spots. Very attractive here. I think he is a really good interior offensive line option. Wyatt Davis, who we picked last week in mock draft Monday, also available. The Ohio State guard, Trey Smith, the Tennessee guard, available here as well. Landon Dickerson, Alabama interior lineman, also available. I think he plays center for Alabama. So a number of interior lineman choices. But also really attractive here at this point, I think you have to talk about the corners. And maybe they've brought back Mackenzie Alexander or William Jackson, but maybe William Jackson is just on the franchise tag, right? And then you are looking probably at corner a little bit in the second round if you can't find an offensive piece that you like. Like a Pat Fryermuth, for for example, the Penn State tight end who goes 33 in this scenario. That's a player I consider at 35 if he's available. He's gone. So at corner, you can pick Sean Wade who was coming into the season hoping to make a case for himself as a number one corner, hasn't quite gone that way for him this season. Asante Samuel Jr. from Florida State, who I think a lot of Bengals fans, a lot of mock drafts all year, have had him going to the Bengals in the second round. And Darion, Darion Kendrick, I'm not actually sure how his name goes, Clemson corner, freak athlete, started the year incredibly strong. So really, if you're looking at best players available here, you're looking at corner and interior offensive line. And if you're looking for any reasons to regret picking a wide receiver in the first round, well, you could go Chris Olave, Amon Ross St. Brown, or Rondale Moore as the top receivers available here, according to the draft network. And and so this is honestly as, as painful as it sounds from the tackle standpoint, this is ideal for the Bengals because if you're passing on Penny Sewell, it's because you feel pretty good about what you've done at tackle leading up to the draft. So that's what we did in the first round. So that assumes they've gotten someone. And so now in this round, and and it it does make sense, by the way, the Bengals philosophy to pay a tackle, not a guard. They could need a guard. They could certainly need a cornerback. Heck, even if they do retain William Jackson and sign him to a long-term deal, is there reason why they wouldn't consider a corner in the second round? I still think you would at least be open to it. So this to me, when I see these guys and maybe they have a preference and I, I wouldn't be shocked that some of these tackles, by the way, that, that went in the mock would fall, uh, wouldn't be shocked at all. But given this scenario, what we're seeing, I could see a trade down where, cause there are like five or six guys I could see them wanting in this spot. You know, I, I could see Wade, Samuel Jr. Humphrey, like you mentioned, Davis, uh, Kendrick, like you mentioned. I mean, so there are guys here that they could potentially, uh, pick at 37. So maybe you do move down a couple spots. And I, I mentioned that last week, and I'll probably mention it every single time we talk about the second round, because that's usually what they do here though. I would say go interior offensive lineman again, and, and, and maybe uh, I'm out there, but yeah, Humphrey, he looks good to me that, that that's, that's the guy I'm leaning. So if you're, if you're not trading back, that would be my, uh, my go-to, the former Sooner, bring him in to pair with whoever you've signed at tackle and maybe you've signed a veteran guard as well and, and really try to thrive uh, in the trenches as uh, you've now built uh, a potential offensive juggernaut adding Jamar Chase to a, a bountiful uh, group of weapons for Joe Burrow. Yeah, 
And at that point, it's coming down to, you know, your individual team evaluation on these guys. I think that, you know, the the evals for Creed Humphrey, Wyatt Davis and Trey Smith are probably going to be pretty close for a lot of teams. And it's going to come down to preference. I wouldn't fault them at all, really, for going Creed Humphrey here. There's an argument to be made, James, that interior offensive line and positional value in the second round at the top of the second round isn't great. But it's not that bad either. It's not like picking a guard in the top 15 where, you know, that guard has to be Quentin Nelson, who wasn't even Quentin Nelson this year. You know, he has to be all world level to consider taking him that early. At this point, it gets a little bit more reasonable. One other name I'm going to throw out here is Christian Barmore, another guy who's playing in the national championship game uh, coming up pretty quick here after we're done recording. The Bengals do need some help. A defensive tackle and lining up next to DJ reader, assuming they keep Carl Lawson and Sam Hubbard, you could do worse than Christian Barmore here. So that is somebody that I would consider. However, Mm -hmm. with the general philosophy we're taking of ideally going BPA wherever possible. And on top of that leaning offense to break ties, I can certainly see the pick being Creed Humphrey. So let's say it's Creed Humphrey here, right? And you're walking away with, Hypothetically, a a free agent tackle, Creed Humphrey, who maybe has to play center, right? Because Mm -hmm. Trey Hopkins dealing with an ACL that he has to come back from. A lot of centers start their NFL careers at guard. So maybe that means he's starting at guard. Billy Price is starting at center with a little bit more NFL experience, just a little bit more comfortable. And and then you add Jamar Chase, who is the do-it-all wide receiver that best case scenario is somewhere between Stephon Diggs and DeAndre Hopkins. And and then you're coming out of this with a very clear offensive core of Jonah Williams, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Creed Humphrey. You got T Higgins this year. You got Tyler Boyd still young and under contract. And that's a pretty good offensive core, I would say. And, And you can build around that. And then next year, if you want to really go in on that defense, you should be feeling pretty good about the offense at that point and be able to spend those resources elsewhere. Exactly. And and that's the thing. I, I Everyone I've talked to make life easier on Joe Burrow. Give him all the pieces, all the tools to succeed. The Browns won their first freaking playoff game in 26 years. Why? Because they've just surrounded Baker with weapons. They've given him the right coach. They've given him the right offensive line. They've given him the right running backs and the right receivers. And heck, they've missed guys this year, right? Due to injury, Odell got hurt and all these other guys got hurt and it didn't matter. And I think Burrow's better than Baker. So give him everything he could want. And I really like that that you said Hopkins and, and Diggs and, and, and kind of that, that comparison because there are going to be some that question, oh, wide receiver, it's not that valuable. Ask the Vikings about Justin Jefferson, all right? Now ask Justin Jefferson how much better a guy like Jamar Chase is than him. He was just flat out better at LSU. Ask Burrow, right? And, and so that uh, that could add plenty of pop to this offense. But it, it it's obviously contingent on them addressing their biggest need, which is tackle and, and in the trenches and doing that in free agency, which I hope they plan on doing because that's it's really a must. I think that free agency Friday idea that that somebody tweeted at us that I think we've probably done before. I think we did it last year. I can't remember. But knowing how I am with alliteration for for episode titles, we probably did it before. Could be a good time to look at the Bengals free agency situation this week, how much cap space they could free up 
And it's there's a very clear path to like 60 to $80 million of cap space. We can talk about that a little bit later this week. That's going to do it for this episode of the podcast and Mock Draft Monday. Let us know. Tag us at Lockdown Bengals, Jamar Chase, and Creed Humphrey in the first two rounds. Let us know how we did. You probably have a different opinion from us. You're probably going to yell at us for not taking Penny Sewell, and I look forward to it. Until next time, Bengals fans, who day, and have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.